This is supposed to be a questions and answers episode and responses, of course. But the more and more you hear pundits, current stars, former stars speak about the last dance, it seems to be a little bit of everything to everybody. And now more and more, it's starting to feel like some kind of weird courtroom drama. You get people testifying and remembering multiple versions of what they said or did 30 years ago. I'm not going to get into litigating the past. That's not really my thing. If the Pistons and the Bulls to this day dislike each other, I'm good with that. If Isaiah and Jordan are not friends, but they're respectful of each other, good with that. But what Isaiah really needs to stop doing, stop trying to take shots, especially these weak shots. The implication that Dennis Rodman was calling out for help when he asked for a vacation, when he was a member of the Bulls, what type of help was he calling out for when he slept in a truck in a parking lot with a loaded shotgun while being a member of your piston, Zeke? Like most things in the NBA when it comes to great players, players from the past or present, when you're talking about the last dance, when you're talking about Pistons, Bulls, everybody's not going to agree on how the Pistons chose to handle walking off versus the Bulls when the Bulls swept them. And there's nothing wrong with that. We can keep that moving. My problem was with the way Isaiah Thomas tried to imply when Michael Jordan said he thought the Pistons were bad for basketball because he thought they went beyond basketball with their physicality. Detroit was a great team. They were a physical team. Yes, the NBA was much more physical than today's NBA. Nobody's going to question that. But did the Pistons go beyond that? Of course they did. Dennis Rodman said in his own words, we were trying to physically hurt Michael Jordan. That's not just about basketball. So when Michael Jordan said the Pistons were bad for basketball, he truly believed that. Whether or not you agreed with him, that's what he believed way back in 1991. But for Isaiah to say, well, Michael Jordan saying we're bad for basketball was like Michael Jordan also saying the city of Detroit wasn't good enough, that the people of Detroit wasn't good enough. That is one of those lowbrow political reaches. He said nothing about the city of Detroit. His issues were with you and your squad. And I'm taking you at your word. You said everything you had against him, it applied to what happened on the court. So your issues should be with him and his squad on the court. But he said nothing about the people of Detroit. So don't even go there, man. My problem with Zeke is he's talking out of both sides. I'm not going to keep speaking on that, but all you really have to do if you disagree with me, just Google him. Go to YouTube and look at the, all the videos. He's got 10 different opinions on one subject, and they're all coming from him. Let's start with the questions and answers. Kim Jones asks, who do you think would have won, Duncan Spurs or Jordan's Bulls, had they met if Krause did not break the team up? I'm going to go with the champion. 
I think although the Bulls were an older team, because that was a shortened season, remember it was a 50-game sprint, I think they would have been able to save their legs going into the playoffs. But the challenge of two bigs, like David Robinson still playing at a high level, and Duncan, that would have been interesting. For sure, the Spurs would have killed them on the boards, but I would have liked to see that. Boom Lee says, my best five, Braun, Durant, Steph, Russ, and Duncan. That's a nice squad. Much respect. Look, there, there are no wrong answers when you put out your top starting five. H. Nick says, Jordan was underpaid 11 years of his career. I don't know if that's true or not. I know that he was underpaid for quite some time. But I don't really want to compare what he was making versus what Pippen was making because obviously most of us know Jordan was making a grip from his shoe deal. The bottom line is the Pippen deal, I think that's the worst contract in NBA history. Which leads us to Lady J. She said Pippen's contract was like slave wages. It was really bad. And anybody... With any kind of integrity, Jerry Krause, Jerry Reinsdorf, because of what Pippen did, remember the deal was signed in 91. You three-peated. Jordan left. Pippen was the best player. You rip up that bad deal and you pay him according to his value and what he had done for your franchise. Sid 2000 says, Real talk? Pippen was a bad call away from going to the finals without Jordan. Sid, real talk, that's not true. Pippen was a bad call away from going to the conference finals to play the Indiana Pacers. Glenn Roy, Zeke was spot on. Jordan was the only athlete in a non-athletic league. I think we have to judge every player with the players or the athletes they had to compete against over the span of their careers. Clyde Drexler was a great athlete. What about Worthy, Dominique Wilkins, Alvin Robinson, young Ron Harper, Mitch Richmond, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Stackhouse, Eddie Jones, AI, Kobe, Ray Allen. I, I'm just naming name players. But if you want me to name someone who was not necessarily a star, Kendall Gill was a freakish athlete, and so on and so on. Larry Johnson was a great athlete. Barkley, Sean Kemp, C. Webb. These are the types of guys that Jordan played against over the span of his career. The argument that he was an athlete in a league with no athletes is a terrible argument. Larry Nance beat Doc in a slam dunk competition. That's an athlete. Gerald Wilkins wasn't a star player, but he was a great athlete. I think Zeke is trying too hard. But let me add one more piece to this. Look at today's NBA. I've said this before. Look at the top scorers in the league. Most of those guys are not freakish athletes. Mini Mac says, Mini Mac Okay. Mini Mac says, Braun came in the league knowing how to win. Mike had to learn how to win. Mike 
came into the league, lost his first year to the Bucks 3-1, got swept by Bird Celtics two years in a row in the playoffs. Bron came into the league, did not make the playoffs his first two years in the league. That fix says, this doc is all about Michael Jordan's insecurity with LeBron James. Fix, I'll say this. This doc has nothing to do with LeBron James. I've said this before. This documentary, permission was granted to follow them around and get the footage in 97. Nobody was thinking about some guy coming down the road in the future and worrying about him. I know a lot of people are interested or tend to want to make this about LeBron like most conversations, no matter what you're talking about, LeBron, Jordan, Jordan, LeBron, this is a documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And the best thing about it is I love the backstories when they go back a few years to give you some context. Stop trying to bring LeBron into this. Diane says, Scotty is strong when you stand beside him. A direct quote from Jordan. Also, Jordan's reaction to when the interviewer said that was Scotty's migraine game was troubling. You know what, Diane? I caught that too. They didn't really go into it, but when he said was that the migraine game, Jordan's face, I think it said all, all you needed to know. I mean, you, you can read it. Definitely still bothers him to this day. I agree. Roy Rich, accepting Rodman after the wars that they went through, Real talk, Jordan was all about winning. I think the, the organization, remember, that was Jerry Reinsorf along with Krauss getting together with their assistants and looking at what Rodman could do for them. Let me say this. The Bulls needed Rodman. Rodman needed the Bulls. He had just gone to San Antonio, and that did not work out. So, his value as a player was dropping, not because of his ability, but he was starting to get to the point where nobody wanted to bring him in. Michael five, Phil kicked Doug Collins back in. I'm not going there. I'll say this. There were different phases and different levels to this. I think Doug Collins was very necessary for Michael Jordan's growth, but I think Phil Jackson was necessary for Michael Jordan to go from being just a great player to a great leader and a winner. So, yes, Doug did help Mike develop to a degree, but Phil was the right man at the right time. Cash with a K. Zeke has 30 years of hate build up. If you've been watching this, to be fair, I think a lot of these older players that were involved in some of these wars have over 25 or 30 years of hate built up. Jordan, to this day, not a fan of the Pistons. And the way that Zeke is going on tour, he harbors some anger too. And, and if you want to get deeper into this, obviously the situation with the Dream Team, and you can't blame him, I don't, because Isaiah Thomas should have absolutely been a member of the Dream Team. Oreo dude, I like the doc. But if you drop Braun into the 90s, like Zeke said, who would be the GOAT to this day? I, I, you know what? I saw him say that in an interview with Chris Broussard. I, I'm not so sure. What I'll say is this. Drop Braun back into the 80s and 90s. 
I think he would put up similar numbers because he's a great player. So if you're telling me LeBron would go back, he'd be a lesser version of himself, not numbers-wise. If you're telling me he would go back and he'd win multiple championships and go to the finals nine times, I'm telling you, the way the game was called, the physicality that was allowed, it would challenge his mental and it would challenge his heart. Natty, I believe Jordan is top five all time, but I've got Braun, Steph, KD, and Giannis all ahead of him all time. That's a nice, that's a nice list, Natty. We'll just agree to disagree. I think Jordan is top three. He may be the GOAT, but when you talk about that particular conversation, I'm looking at Kareem, there's Jordan, there's Braun, Magic. That's the top four. And I think there's a case to be made for all four of those members. Look, the thing with LeBron is, I've said this before, his career is not over. His story is still playing out right in front of us, the fans. He has the opportunity, I think, to still capture that GOAT mantle. But right now, today, I don't have him ahead of Michael Jordan. And the only guy I would put ahead of Michael Jordan right now today would be Kareem. Because when I look at Kareem's overall basketball resume, nobody in the modern era can match up with that. Freeness says, overrated? Who's more overrated? LeBron or Michael Jordan? That's a great question. And the best way I'm going to put it is, I think to a degree, both of them are overrated. It might be difficult to quantify how overrated LeBron is because of the era he plays in. And he does play with a different level of scrutiny because of social media. Let's keep it 100. Michael Jordan is revered because of his aura, maybe because of the moments. The thing about athletes is a lot of times we ask this question, how many signature moments do they have in their career? Jordan has a lot of signature moments. And, and maybe that's why it sticks with so many fans. That's just my thought. I do think to some degree you could say that they're both a little overrated. And big picture, when you start talking about the GOAT, the greatest of all time, every basketball fan has their own GOAT. So then we're talking about eras, Russell's Celtics of the 60s. We're talking about Dr. J in the early 70s, Kareem in the 70s and the 80s, what he did at UCLA in the 60s. And we can keep going on and on what Larry Bird did with the Celtics. Magic Johnson, five titles with the Showtime Lakers. Magic, five titles, nine trips to the finals. He only played 12 seasons. Magic basically lived in the finals. So there's a case to be made. We're talking about greatness. And this is kind of one of my own pet peeves, aside from the fact that I can't stand the sound of my voice. When we start talking about the truly great basketball players, when we start comparing, and I, I'm guilty of this as well, when you put one player on one level, you have to seem like it seems like without thinking about it, you kind of bring another player down. If you compare Kareem to Shaq or Shaq to Kareem, one of them 
is going to be brought down a notch so that the other can be seen as the better player in a debate. Same with the tireless debate about Jordan and LeBron. It applies to Bird and Magic as well. Or any sport for that matter. When you start talking about boxing and you said Muhammad Ali is the greatest, he is he's widely recognized as the greatest boxer of all time. And I think a lot of that is his aura. I think the signature moments, the first time he fought Frazier, even though he lost, and then the two fights that went after that, especially the thriller in Manila. I, I think sometimes the aura can be overwhelming. The aura, it just it's, it's that thing that sticks in fans' minds. Maybe Michael Jordan, more than in, any other NBA player ever, has had more of those moments that just sticks in your mind. And I know a lot of people will say, well, look at numbers. I value numbers. And they say, look at analytics. I value analytics. I really do. But if you're into analytics, then you know that Jordan has the highest PER of all time. You also know that he has the highest playoff PER of all time. The highest scoring average in the playoffs of all time, 33 points a game. I can go on and on. We tend to tear down other stars to prop up the next guy. Depending on what your narrative is or what you're trying to to present to the other basketball fan bases. I've heard how Michael Jordan never won a series until Scottie Pippen came along. That's a factual statement. The first playoff series that he won Pippen and Grant were rookies and were members of the Bulls how significant were they they were contributors they averaged eight points a game that particular season Jordan in back-to-back playoff series versus the Cavs 45 points a game and 39 points a game leading the Bulls to victories I do value numbers and moments and and analytics. I think they all have a place. I also think that to some degree, as fans, you have to trust your own eyesight. There is value in the eye test. There are certain things that can't be measured. That thing in your chest. I've heard it said about different athletes that that were great athletes that put up numbers, but they had a little bit of quit in them. I've seen it. I've seen it in certain athletes. And then in other athletes, they were absolutely relentless and fearless. I think Russell Westbrook is as relentless a basketball player as I've ever seen. And he will be a Hall of Famer, no question. And he's somebody that I love watching play because of how he plays. You just never get cheated with Russ. I love basketball, and I'd rather celebrate LeBron James, celebrate Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird. But I know in a group, in a setting, when somebody somebody brings up a topic, you know what I know, at some point, 
player A is better than player B and this is why, or who he played with, or who he played against, or the numbers that he put up. This is from Treese. What I learned from The Last Dance is that Dennis Rodman is an absolute monster. The guy never gets tired, can pull an all-nighter, then go out and grab 20 rebounds and lock down somebody's big man. Treese, I agree with you 100%. And maybe that ability to pull an all-nighter and turn around and play at a high level is something that bonded Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan, he stayed up late. He liked to party, get his drink on, gamble. He was what he was a night owl. Maybe that bonded them because Jordan could turn around, do an all nighter, and go out and drop thirty five on forty on somebody. So maybe that bonded them because they both kind of had that that ability to lock in no matter what and put on a show despite a lack of rest or sleep. I think that Dennis Rodman, even though he's a complimentary star is one of the great teammates of all time that just made winning plays. Guys like Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace, they just found a way to impact games the same way the guy that gets 30 points does without getting 30 points. The loose balls, the picks, the rebounds, the deflections, the block shots, the way they energize not just their teammates, but the crowd. I think the crowd and the teammates of both those players fed off of them. Look, that 03-04 Pistons, that was one of the great defensive teams of all time as well. Maybe it's a Detroit thing. And while I disagree with Jalen Rose on a few things, I agree with him that the bad boy Pistons and the Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace Pistons defensively could lock anybody down. I would have liked to seen the 04 Pistons play the Golden State Warriors with KD. That would be a matchup I'd love to see. Although, I guess the key would be how the game is called. Remember, the 0304 Pistons, the rule changes had been made, but they weren't imp- implemented, not, not then. They were still playing man ball. They were still getting in you. They were still using their hands. They were still playing at a high physical level. Ask Shaq, ask Kobe, go back and look at that series and see how Detroit got into the Lakers and manhandled them. Thanks for the responses. It's the Cypher next time.